0: This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast.
1: Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of B-Town. It's Bill Bartholomew here with you today. A conversation I had earlier this week on WPRO while I was filling in for Dan York with Liza Birkin, the lead organizer for the Providence Streets Coalition. At 4.08, it's Bill Bartholomew in for Dan here on this glorious Monday afternoon here in Southern New England. Hope you're enjoying it whether you're uh, at work today, if you're off, if you're riding around, driving around, whatever, um, lots on the table today. Lots of interesting topics to get to. I'll be back tomorrow as well, In for Dan from three to six, and we can keep the conversation going. I know I saw some of you calling in on the catalytic converter conversation we had in the last half hour. Uh, Feel free to email me, bill at ripodcast.com, if you have a thought on that. Um, And perhaps in the five o'clock hour, we'll have some time for a bit of an open forum. But right now, do you guys hear about this bike lane fiasco that's playing itself out in Providence right now? I mean, this this is the kind of stuff that's unbelievable to me at times. The lack of communication, uh, potentially, you know, I, I, I don't want to say this with any degree of um, suggested certainty, but the disagreement at minimum between members of the McKee administration and the Department of Transportation in particular and Mayor Lorza. That spills over into the situation I'm about to describe. So as part of a great streets, it's called the Great Streets Project in Providence, basically revisiting, reimagining the streets of Providence to be much more pedestrian and bike friendly. And it's something that is is an outstanding concept, right? I mean, there's no doubt about it. If you live in Providence, if you work in Providence, you probably have come to understand that the city is in need of a number of different infrastructural transitions Um, And updates. And we're in a time now where riding your bike is, you know, and and should be and in many other cities and not just places like New York or San Francisco, but other smaller forward thinking cities, even those that don't necessarily have, quote unquote, progressive or liberal ideologies, you know, certainly Chattanooga, Tennessee comes to mind, a place that I visited a number of times. that has a lot of innovation happening. Uh, Certainly, Austin, Texas has these qualities as well where bike infrastructure and pedestrian infrastructure is given the same weight as motor vehicle and I guess you would even say transit uh, in the form of a bus infrastructure. So anyway, so they, they're building a bike lane on South Water Street. You know, that's down by the pedestrian bridge and across from the CIC Center next to Plant City, all that. There's a, the plan calls for a reduction of motor vehicle lanes from two to one. Okay, but it retains the same amount of parking spots on both the right and left side of the street and installs a bike and pedestrian lane in that same stretch of roadway. So this thing is basically done, you know, they've poured concrete, the paint's dry, the infrastructure's in place, and lo and behold, the Department of Transportation sends a letter to Mayor Alorza dated October 6th. Dear Mayor Alorza, the renowned Department of Transportation has observed... But neither ride, uh, the DOT nor the Federal Highway Administration was ever notified that the city of Providence has begun making significant changes to Southwater Street in Providence that are inconsistent with a maintenance agreement signed by the city, the Department of Transportation, and the Federal Highway Administration on July 21st, 1999. Uh, and they order a work stoppage on this basically 99.999% complete project. Unbelievable. So there's an issue of a lack of communication from the Allure administration to the Department of Transportation. And then there's just this, I mean, can you believe that how impractical and ridiculous that idea is? It's not unprecedented, by the way. You think back to, I think it was the Eaton Street bike lane. Remember that one that they, they put it in and they tore it up like a month later or less than a month later? But here we have a robust project that makes sense for the city. And somehow... Bureaucracy and politics are getting in the way. Joining us on the Seekonk Supply Hotline is Liza Birkin. She's the lead organizer of the Providence Streets Coalition. Good afternoon, Liza.
0: Bill, thank you for such a thoughtful and informed and highly contextual introduction to that. Wow. really enjoyed it.
1: Well, uh, (laughs) well, no problem. (laughs) Um, I mean, this is such a weird, weird issue. I mean, like, from your perspective, you're... For, for those of you listening, whether you're listening in Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, wherever, um, Liza is one of the lead advocates for moving the state forward in terms of transportation in a lot of senses, not only bicycle and, and pedestrian wise, but also in terms of rethinking bus hubs and things like this. So putting on that hat, what's your observational um, instinct and, and your first thought on what's happening on South Water Street right now in terms of the politics at play?
0: yeah great question um so i think unfortunately um this is this is actually a very common <laughs> situation that we see between the push and pull of the politics and the priorities between city governments and state governments um for ever for a very long time we we built highways through our cities in order to bring suburban commuters into the city which divided, low-income communities of color in irreparable ways. Um, and really, we've learned how much of a mistake that that has been. Um, it disconnects our neighborhoods from one another, so our kids can't walk or bike um, from one neighborhood to the other because of a giant highway blocking their way. Um, and obvious, and air pollution is a huge, huge issue in the city of Providence. We have, like, the ninth highest asthma rates. Um, but it's really the priority of the state government to to interlace and uh, the, each, all the cities with highways. And that happened in Providence, of course, of course. And uh, 20 years ago, Providence decided to move the highway, uh, I-95, I-195, mm-hmm. from the center of our downtown, recognizing what a mistake it was to have a highway there. So we moved it. And what I see at south, and, we, and now we have this gorgeous pedestrian bridge, we see economic development springing up all around it. And what I see as this trail as just the last connective tissue to making that the sustainable, thriving riverfront um, that we all want and
1: need. Absolutely. And it's something that it it just makes so much sense. And I I think Mm -hmm. it's one of those issues that should be completely apolitical. And, you know, OK, sure, th- there'll absolutely. be some discussion on how the funding formula. OK, you know, if you're more conservative, you're mm-hmm. going to say, well, how does this burden city and state taxpayers? If you're more liberal, you might say, well, whatever, we need to improve the infrastructure regardless of that. That's where it may be political. But now the bike lanes there, it's 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 in place. I mean, I've gone down <laughs> the last couple of days before I came here to the studio. I went down and walked the pedestrian bridge and, and that area, as I often do, but to do show prep. And and this is happening. So we have this oh, yeah. this situation now where the city and the state are at odds and Peter Alvedi, the director of the department of transportation sends this letter to mayor Lores to say, to say, stop working on this. Where do you see this going? Do, do you see the city of Providence tearing up this bike lane that's now been completed with concrete poured and, and infrastructure already changed around?
0: Absolutely not. I, <laughs> I have full confidence that that trail is not going anywhere. Um, the city or the state in the state letter, they they allude to the city having received the funding for this project in 1999 from the Federal Highway Administration. And guess what? The Federal Highway Administration now under President Biden is staffed by Stephanie Pollack, who was the CEO of the Massachusetts DOT for many years, who's one of the most pro-bike, pro-mobile, pro-sustainable mobility um, transportation professionals in the game. Um, the Biden administration fully understands that we need to be rethinking mobility in all kinds of ways. And they, I, I cannot see them um, forcing the city of Providence to cough up. $4 million or whatever it was from a, from an agreement in 1999. The, the life cycle of a road is 20 years and this was 23 years ago mm-hmm. and times have changed. This thing with the CNC administration should hold no water at all. Um, I'm fully confident that all this buzz is going to die down and it's, and everyone is just going to enjoy this trail <laughs> just as they, by the way, this is like also the last leg of the East Bay bike path um, mm. connecting India Point Park to downtown. So at this point, once you know, once that signage is in, folks from Bristol, Warren, Barrington can be riding all the way into downtown Providence, if they, if or walking or skating, however they choose to move. Um, so it's and folks fought that for decades. They, it took decades to build the East Bay bike path because neighbors and businesses were so opposed to it. It happens every time, on no matter how good of a, how robust of a project it is. Um, There's going to be opposition to change. And, you know, we really feel for the businesses. They went through a lot during the pandemic and can completely understand why they'd be nervous about any change, but just have full confidence that it's all going to be okay and that it's only going to help. There's no reason why we would be doing this. Yeah, if we didn't think it was going to help the local economy.
1: Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about that. The economic impact of this at 418. Uh, we're speaking with Liza Birkin, lead organizer of the Providence Streets Coalition here on the Seekonk Supply Hotline. It's Bill Bartholomew in for Dan here on WPRO. Now, Mayor Lorza this coming from the Providence Journal piece on this story, the most recent one from Amy Russo, Mayor Lorza his statement on this is that the Rhode Island Department of Transportation's letter requesting a cease and desist based upon a 20 20- two-year-old agreement is extremely dubious at best the city has engaged the state in our great streets plan for years reflecting the changing needs of our residents who overwhelmingly support our street safety intervention so mayor Lorza he's not backing down on this it it, it, it seems no. like just in terms of practicality and common sense that there's no way that this this project is going to be halted never mind be be torn up um is this about bickering between you know, lingering disagreements, uh, dislike, whatever, between state and city government with the personalities involved in the McKee administration <laughs> and Mayor Lorza. Is this, is this just like sort of a, a, a petty fight, you know, like the food fight level of, of disagreement?
0: You know, I'm not in those rooms. I'm not in the <laughs> I don't have a personal <laughs> i don't have a personal uh view into that um but i would have to assume so <laughs> gotcha um this is not certainly not the first uh battle that the city has had against Rideot. who if you recall advocates really tried to get the 610 highway to be a, a walkable bikeable transitable uh, boulevard yeah. that was going to cost the state oh by the way there is a huge conservative argument um, for the types of infrastructure that we promote. Um, the highways that, that RIDOT builds are hundreds of millions of dollars, and they are, they are so expensive, and they unfortunately don't really under, seem to understand the concept of induced demand, which is a well-known transportation engineering concept where when you build, when you build a road that's 12 lanes, it's gonna. Traffic is going to expand to twelve lanes. Mm-hmm. Traffic is like a gas; it expands to any container that it's given to expand to. It's like a goldfish; it'll just keep growing. And if you constrict a road, like that's the best way to reduce the traffic. So this is a. But it's you know it's not their job to know that. <laughs> it's their job to build highways. Yeah. And continue building highways. Um, that's all they really seem interested in doing.
1: At four twenty-four, Bill Bartholomew in for Dan. Here on WPRO, we're discussing the city-state fiasco, if you will, on this new bike path that has been constructed on South Water Street. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but the bike path is in place. The renovation is complete. The infrastructural changes are done. The concrete's poured. The paint is dry. People are riding on the bike lane. There was a big event on Friday night uh, that that took place. And uh, I was out there today, and, you know, a merry time seeming to be had by all Yet the state says that this project on the city's part violated a 1999 agreement and they asked them for a work stoppage. Uh, they're going to find the city four million dollars. Um, but look, this thing is not getting torn up. I mean, there's there's almost no way that that I could foresee that happening. I mean, the embarrassment alone would be too great to bear. Um, you know, the optics alone would be too much. But just this sort of bickering on these types of projects not only in the context of this city-state disagreement, but also in general when it comes to infrastructure improvements like this, you know the economic impact, from my vantage point, it seems that this is a a boon to economic activity in this particular part of town or anywhere else um, and that people on foot or on bike are more apt to stop in and, and enjoy certain businesses or grab a coffee or a beer or pop into a store or whatever it may be uh, not to mention that there's no reduction in parking as a part of this plan. So, joining us on the line on the Seekonk Supply Hotline is Liza Burkin, lead organizer of the Providence Street Coalition, Streets Coalition. And we continue this conversation on turning now to the notion of economic uh, activity surrounding such a project. Your thoughts on the businesses on South Water Street that were opposed to this project to begin with? And Do you think that they have anything to do with encouraging the Department of Transportation to send this cease and desist letter to the city of Providence?
0: Oh, they they absolutely did. Um, I think they were. Like I said, local businesses have been through so much in the past two years, and we empathize with that. And the last thing we would ever want (laughs) is for is to do anything that would hurt them. The, the thing is, Bill, this question of wh- whether or not bike infrastructure is good for businesses has been so... It, it comes up every time. Every time you do this on a commercial corridor in any city, in any place, <laughs> there's this kind of opposition. It, it happens every time. Um, and so because of that, it has been studied over and over and over by researchers from universities around the world. Every year, there's new studies <laughs> because it keeps getting hotly debated And the studies all point to the same exact result, which is that it is good for business. (laughs) Biking is biking and walking exactly as you say, um, because it's easy to stop, because you're using your senses. You smell something great. Okay, great. I'm just going to stop. You don't have to search for parking. People who are active are generally hungry and thirsty all the time (laughs) and very nimble and um, often have, have money to spend um not always of course of course there's a large part of the population that bikes because they have to because they don't have any other choice and those people deserve safety just like everybody deserves safety yeah um but yeah yeah, but yeah the the economic impact is is not a question it has been studied to death by researchers from around the globe and they find over and over how positive it is
1: yeah i I just don't i don't get that argument and i've heard it from a number of different quarters that you know, somehow this bike path going in is going to impact businesses negatively. And it, to me, it's like, right. I just don't get it because I spend a lot of time in that part of town. You know, um, I, I I enjoy going for a walk on the yeah, pedestrian bridge. Yeah, everybody does now. Yeah, it's great. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's like this is the Providence that that should be able to be accessed by the entirety of the city. The Every single neighborhood exactly. in the city of Providence should have uninhibited access to this part of town and bike lanes, pedestrian ways and transit in general is really central to that solution. We've got about 40 seconds left. What's the next step in your mind for uh, whether it's inside the city itself or just in general in terms of connecting neighborhoods and connecting people to the infrastructure and the assets that we develop, such as the pedestrian bridge and the things that surround it?
0: Yeah, awesome. Um, everybody should just go check out the Great Streets Plan that the city developed. Um, it has envisioned a 75-mile urban trail network that will connect all of the neighborhoods back to each other. Um, and it's just a matter of implementing that plan um, until we have a complete connected network for the entire city. Um, South Water Street just one of these many, many projects that are happening currently all over the city um, this year and next year. And also, get in touch. Um, pvdstreets.org is our website, and our whole—the entire purpose of our coalition—is to raise awareness of these city projects and to communicate more, <laughs> to, to to raise the the level of communication and public participation in these changes.
1: All right, Liza Birkin lead organizer of the Providence Streets Coalition here on the Seekonk Supply Hotline. Keep up the great work. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Right now, over to the Trusted Choice Insurance Agents News Center. Paul Zangary has the headlines. Hi, Paul. Hi, Bill. Thanks. Well, activists in downtown Pawtucket today protesting that more or less new statue inspired by William Black.